Hello, my podcast family, and welcome back to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Today, we're going back to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, but this time we're going to look at verse 12. So Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34, verse 12. And I'll be reading today from the Common English Version, switching some things up for you. And it reads, As a shepherd seeks out the flock when some in the flock have been scattered, so will I seek out my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered during the time of clouds and thick darkness. As I said, we are back in the book of Ezekiel, and I believe it was in episode 21 where we discovered how God specifically stated that he chose David to be the shepherd over Israel. This verse precedes that declaration because I think that verse was verse 38, if I'm not mistaken. The book of Ezekiel, of course, is in the Old Testament, but it's very prophetic. And there's a lot of symbology, as we read, where it says, scattered during the times of clouds and thick darkness. This verse as a precursor of verse 38, like I stated before, I think we can um, view in two ways. One, that this passage can directly tie to verse 38, where God is stating that he has chosen David as the shepherd, kind of as a lead-in to the following scripture where he says, David is the chosen shepherd for Israel. They have been scattered, there's a time of darkness, and David is their chosen shepherd. Two, we can look at it as prophetic in that it states that God will send the good shepherd, Jesus, to bring the flocks that have been scattered. And I think it's more on the lines of the second that I'm leaning toward because Ezekiel is a prophet and during this time Israel had been scattered and if I recall correctly the time of David had already occurred and so it's almost like a lamenting over the past when David was in control of the kingdom of Israel and they um, experienced the good times but now they have fallen away and Ezekiel is giving them this is what has occurred but there is hope prophetically because God will gather us back as he promised from the beginning of time. What I want us to focus in these in this verse is I want us to focus on two things one that flocks will scatter and two the shepherd's role is to bring them back to bring order of course when you read the scriptures the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what it is that you where you need to be ministered to. So when you read that verse, that is why you can either take it as God speaking directly about David and and talking about the history of where Israel has come from and how it is still prophetic in um, 
the foreshadowing of Jesus. So it just depends on, you know, what the Holy Spirit needs you to to pick up that time. (laughs) But for today, we're going to look at the two things, how flocks will scatter and the shepherd's role is to bring them back. The Old Testament is a narrative that shows that God knew that his chosen people would scatter, especially if you read Exodus and then I believe definitely in the book of Deuteronomy. God states that Israel will not heed his warnings, nor will they obey his commandments. They will they will just annihilate the first commandment, which is have no other gods before me. And that's really what made Israel adulterous. When you read in the um, Old Testament, the various prophets, they will use the term adultery or adulterous, speaking of Israel. And, And God saw that because they allowed foreign gods to be introduced into their culture. The intermingling in marriages of foreign women. And I bring up King Solomon. He was ruined at the end because of all of his wives. It wasn't that he had so many wives per se. That's another podcast or another episode. But it's that he allowed the wives to influence him and they were foreign wives. And so they didn't know Jehovah Jireh. They didn't know Yahweh. And so he allowed them to bring in their gods. And maybe because he had so many, he couldn't keep track of all of them. And that is why. So when you look at the intermingling of marriages and and God specifically said, you know, don't do it. It wasn't because he didn't think that the people were good per se. But remember, he's trying to establish Israel as a particular kingdom a holy priesthood so to speak the term that Peter coins the new church in the new testament God is doing that or wanting to do that with Israel and when you have intermarriages women we we know that we can get the heart of our husbands can't we and our boyfriends easily swayed and God didn't want that for Israel at that time so but God knew that that was going to happen And he knew that he himself needed to reconcile Israel back to him. He did it through David. Because if you remember when David was king, Israel experienced good times. And throughout the Old Testament, you will read where King such and such, a name that I probably can't pronounce, and how he did well in the, in the eye of the Lord, and the, and the kingdom was well. And then you had another king who didn't do well in the eye of the Lord, and the kingdom fell. So Israel had up and down times. But when King David was there, it was a long reign, and, and Israel experienced good times, I'm saying. But also, God knew that ultimately he needed to send his son to establish the heavenly kingdom. And that it is in the establishment of that heavenly kingdom that understand it's already established. Because remember, Jesus says the kingdom is already at hand. It's within us. But there are still many that are scattered. And until he gathers them back, the opportunity for our lights to shine for him will continue. Only the Lord knows when he is going to allow Jesus to return. But understand right now he is still gathering the scattered sheep. And I find this applicable today because 
And one, in our witness, you know, we allow God to use us in drawing the scattered into the fold. He uses our lives, right? But two, I also think it shows us that we don't always need to be so upset when people don't agree with us and when relationships can when relationships hit rocky ground when someone perhaps that you tried to witness to doesn't accept Christ right then and there doesn't mean that they won't ever it's just timing perhaps and it isn't to say that you don't do whatever is within your power to preserve a relationship but just to understand that people are sheep (laughs) and therefore sheep scatter and people will too. That people will come and go in our lives at times. That it's okay to disagree with someone but to not be disagreeable. I'm sure you've heard of that phrase before. I believe it's our duty to ensure that we are not intentionally scarred, that we don't intentionally scar, you know, other people or the other person in the process of a separation, you know, or a disagreement, that our witness for God isn't brought into question as a result of the relationship, what occurred in the relationship, what was said in the relationship. And we always, always need to continue to pray for the individual or individuals that maybe we have um, angst with or disagreement or we just don't see eye to eye and to not speak ill of them. That's what distinguishes us as being citizens of God's kingdom, is really, it's not what we do in the good times. I mean, most people behave well during the good times, right? It's what do we do during the bad times? What do you do when your mother's diagnosed with Alzheimer's and you're gonna take care of her? What do you do? When you have a spouse who is in an, ac- an accident that has left him or her um, immobile, what do you do when a child goes, you know, awry? Those those are the times when God wants us to draw really close to us. And I believe that why He wants us to draw close to us is one, He knows we can't handle it without Him. But that's the time when he's really going to shine through in our lives. That is when people see the difference between being a child of the Most High God and being worldly. It's in the conflicts. And so from a caregiver standpoint, if you have siblings or a spouse or younger children, you know, children who aren't in the, in the home and you're, you're a caregiver, Your role as caregiver will strain those relationships at times. For me, you know, I didn't have to contend with any of that because I'm an only child and I'm single. But I know a lot of you do have those relationships. And you may be experiencing the strain of that right now. Of being a caregiver and still trying to be a wife or a husband, a father or a mom. You know, or the siblings that you have to contend with in the health care um, of your parents. Or maybe it's siblings of the spouse that you're taking care of. Just someone who has an opinion who isn't there with you on the day-to-day as you're caregiving. That's why I think it's very crucial that you know 
that God has called you to care give. That's why caregiving is a ministry. <laughs> As we discussed in season one, there are many ways that we can care give. Not everyone is called because they're not able to, in some form or fashion, to have their loved ones live with them, as I did. Maybe the way you care give is to put them in a, uh, an assisted living facility or a nursing home, you know? Or maybe you assist a sibling in taking care. You just, you don't know, but you have to go with God and know what it is that he's placed in your heart to do. Because it will be during these times when those relationships are frayed and strained that you have to fall back on, I know what God has called me to do. Because if you're doing what God has called you to do, he will work it out for you. If you've gone on and done your own thing, all things will work out for your good eventually, but you're going to, it may be a little more painful. And perhaps, you know, the strain is between you and your spouse. That That's hard. And so in those situations, I, I know that you need to go to God and ask for clarity for you, but also for him to speak to your spouse so that you guys are on one accord. Because when there's peace in the home, it's so much better. If you have young children, I know your heart can be torn because it's as if you're forced to make a decision between them and and whomever it is you're caring for, whether it be a parent or a beloved aunt or uncle. However, I think that that the time, the season of you caregiving is a good segue into a meaningful conversation that you can have with your children that speaks to the importance of family and the sacrifices we may make for loved ones and that it won't always be this way. So anyway, just know that you won't always have, you won't always have agreement in this season of caregiving. You strive for it, but sometimes the flock will scatter. The same principle, I think, applies. So that's why please ensure that you've heard from God and that you've done all that you can do to maintain a healthy relationship. And don't talk bad about people. (laughs) Second, the shepherd's role. This is what the entire season is on, isn't it? The role of a shepherd and how we see that from beginning to end in the word of God. Ezekiel, I believe, states it very clearly to rescue them from dark places, to bring them back to green pastures, symbology there. Um, This rescue, I believe, can come in many forms. Often, being the body of believers, we often think of the scattered as being the non-believers and God rescuing them and bringing them into the fold and them becoming saved. And that's absolutely true. That is a form of rescuing. That is a form of the shepherd going out, leaving the 99 to find the one. But what about those sheep who just wander off chasing a butterfly? (laughs) I love butterflies or something. (laughs) For us, we go through our journey with God and sometimes we stray. And we don't even know that we're straying. Those dark places can be places of depression or other mental illnesses, 
suicidal thoughts. The dark places can be of a traumatic childhood or a traumatic event that you experienced. See, God is constantly in the shepherding business of bringing in the scattered sheep. It doesn't stop once where I'm using air quotes here, saved. We need him to guide us and rescue us from ourselves, not just the enemy. Because remember, we read, well, Jesus says that once he enters the door, the sheep can come and go. There is a level of liberty and freedom that we have in being, you know, sheep in the flock of Jesus Christ. But sometimes we we kind of go off thinking maybe that we've heard from God and then you realize that you didn't. But it's not meant to hinder us and for us to, to be so afraid to venture out because there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? I want us to admit sometimes that, you know, when God comes to save us from wandering off following a butterfly, sometimes it isn't the devil that caused us to wander off. Sometimes what we're experiencing is a result of just what we've done. Wandered off, following a butterfly, and we get distracted, and the next thing we know, we're caught in a thicket, bleeding for help. Sometimes I think the devil just sits back, at least with me, and watches me just go off rail. He doesn't have to do a thing. I'm being honest with myself. I, I can be my own worst enemy. But I want us to decide to stop doing the enemy's job (laughs) and ask God to keep us focused on him. To allow him to use us. Allow him to show us more meaningful ways that we can have deeper relationships, deeper connections. But to really learn that it is a process that our life, what we experience, what we see in the world, is still God being our shepherd, gathering the lost sheep, and that we can be co-shepherders, that's a word, with him, if we continue to put our trust in him. Because we will all experience times of clouds and thick darkness because we live in this world but it is during those times that I want us to remember that we have a shepherd who's right there and if we can't hear him or see him because we've wandered off too far all you have to do is cry out because he'll hear you because even though you can't see him He's right by your side. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being prophetic. We thank you for using symbols and prophets to speak to us because you know the different modes of communication that each one of us respond best to. And so we thank you for being an all-knowing God. We thank you for being a God who knows that we will wander we will scatter but we so thank you for taking 
your role as shepherd seriously so that you come and you look for us. Help us to find comfort in that. To know that when we do get off track, lose our way, stumble, what have you, that you won't leave us, that you are not there, that you will bring us back to you. Help us to remember that nothing can separate us from you and that because you are for us, no one can stand against us. I ask that you touch the caregivers today, those who are experiencing the strain of caregiving in various relationships. I ask, Father, that you speak very clearly and definitively to them so that they know what it is you are asking them to do during this season. And then help them to stand firm in that. Allow others to see that you've called them and then bring peace in those relationships. And if peace isn't to come in those relationships right now, maybe later on, but if not, Give the caregiver peace and help their witness resonate strong for you and let others see how you are using them. We love you. We praise you. It is in the perfect name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, my fellow caregivers, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. I kept you a little long. Bye.